This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 31. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute 31, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one annoyed lady <laughs> minute at a time. <laughs> I am Josh Flanagan. With me are Ron Richards. I thought you were bored. 
You didn't say anything. <laughs> We're not there yet. Also with us, our guest this week, Jeff Kanata of We Have Concerns, DLC, and a very, very high ranking on Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> what are you, Frankie Valley? You're some kind of big shot over here. <laughs> Welcome, Jeff. And Jeff also is a co-host on the Slash Film Podcast. So film criticism and analysis is something he does on a, on a regular basis, right? Yeah, I am so pleased to be with you people, uh, some of my favorite people on the planet, uh, talking about one of the greatest movies ever. This is this is awesome. Well, and I got to tell you, Jeff, you, um, you also pre-qualified to be on the show by having a name that ends in a vowel. So yes. with Jeff Kanata, yes. you instantly like we have the pre you know pre show checklist, and we go okay. We assume he's Italian, <laughs> so let's let's get him on board. That when is right. Will Everyone this division end. <laughs> Everyone Listen. in this movie looks like my family. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Even <for sure>. better. <laughs> All right, great. So that, let's let's dive in, Josh. All right. So minute thirty one starts uh, with Tommy talking with his mouth full. I don't know what his mother would think of that. We'll find out. And it ends with Karen's steely resolve cracking. <laughs> so. They're sitting here at the red table, and here's my question. Who exactly is the Jew broad annoyed with? <laughs> She's annoyed with somebody. Is it Karen for complaining? Is it Henry for not being there? Is it Tommy for talking with his mouth full? <laughs> Who? I don't know if we know her name, so unfortunately, she's the Jew broad. Yep. <laughs> Who is she so annoyed with? Well, clearly it's a bad situation. I mean, you know, they're doing the double date, and Henry doesn't even show up. It's embarrassing for everybody at the table. It is. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, they're they're likely to stumble out like hobos because we talked about that before. Yeah, we talked about that last yeah. week. I do like uh, in very uh, Tommy D Joe Pesci fashion. In an awkward situation like this, he's just filling the silence. And he's, he's eating. Is <laughs> yeah. it yeah. nothing is wrong? Eating and babbling. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I do that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've been the guy who uh, has wanted to get the check a little earlier than the rest of the crowd before at a meal. Have you guys? I oh, think absolutely. That's, uh, well, yeah. at least you showed up in that case. In this case, Henry just didn't even bother to go. It's like... right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. Uh, I wonder why that he just was decided that he didn't he didn't want to be a part of it this time. He's not. Uh, he's not even participating. Not, feel, not feeling it. Had well, some, later had some... in the minute, we are going to we are going to find out that he hasn't decided why he didn't show up either. <laughs> yeah. Well, now what I, what I like is is so immediately after this, you know, the Karen takes over the voiceover, which again I think is interesting in that the only other person who gets to do a voiceover is Karen. Um, you know, which I, I you know is unique. Like we never hear you know t- you know Joe Pesci or De Niro do the voiceover. It's just Henry and Karen. Um, yeah, for a moment, it's like when Harry met Sally, right? It's like. Uh, it's, it's the story of how we met, and oh my god, I hated him for a while, and he was so fidgety, and I didn't like him, and and then all, and then now uh, he has value. Later on, a few minutes later, he has value all of a sudden, and yeah. and the same thing for her, right? Is that she has no value, and then all of a sudden, when she has the chutzpah to to call him out, now yeah. she has value. Yeah, that that's the real crux of the scene is the flip. You see, like yeah. the, the flip over. You you totally see it. You see it on. Uh, it happens to both of them, and honestly, it's kind of hot. Like it's kind, <laughs> yeah, like, it's kind it of it's like it's, it's it's kind of touching. It's touching me in the feelings. You know, like it's got it's a it's really it's it's got it's it becomes very passionate, and you see the moment where Henry realizes, oh, I underestimated this woman. You know, and then and then so then he turns on the charm, and you see you you literally see the moment where he charms her, and you see uh, you know her face kind of change, and it and it totally turns on a dime, and now it's on. You know, yeah. like oh, it's amazing. And he sees her for the first time, right, yeah. in that yeah. moment too. Well, he, yeah, he does. And he even comments on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
in the in the well, there's a thing that happens in the next minute we can talk. What's interesting also, this is right across the street from his house, his parents' house still. Well, yeah, well that's well that's the other funny thing. So 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 he gets <laughs> he he stands her up, and in her voiceover she says, "So I made Tommy go uh, take me looking for him." Like that must have been a short trip. It's like, oh, we'll just go to the calf stand. Like, where, yeah. where, where else did he go? You know, why like, that's does Tommy drive up like a maniac? <laughs> exactly, and so not that's because how Tommy drives. they're his friends. <laughs> that's how Tommy drives, man. And he also, understands the urgency of the situation. And he's also, bang this Uberod. And also, yeah. not get out of the car at any point. Well, he's going to get in trouble if he pulls up to Tootie's like that. So he, he's, he knows, you know, what side of the. I would. I would also like to know: Is this summer? Because once again, they all have their shirts open and are sitting around in undershirts. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like the calf stand is always perpetually July. <laughs> so, I like What I like about this scene is that when he does pull up, you get to see all the gangster extras in the background yep. with all their sort of half-assed empty gestures. Yeah. Like, yeah. instead of, like, big hand, just, oh, it's just like, yeah. It's very... <laughs> the, the, the duck out of the way when the car pulls up is very melodramatic. Like, like Henry and, and Polly Walnuts from Sopranos jump out of the way a little more than they need to, I think. <laughs> to be fair, Tommy was driving. They, you know, they were yeah. right to be cautious. Yeah. Well, speaking of, speaking of the other mobsters, we get a quick flash of the cab stand, and we get our first shot of uh, Tootie dealing with baldness by slicking back his hair. <laughs> mm. Like I find that really interesting. Like now in modern day 21st century guys start going bald, they shave their head. Back then they slicked it back. So Yeah, so you're saying this is forehead shadowing. Yes, this is forehead shadowing. Wow. So. I get it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I'm just amazed by it's almost as if when he starts arguing with Karen and he realizes it, it is almost like a switch flips in his head and the light in his eyes go on and those blues just get brighter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's 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 pretty amazing how uh, Ray Liotta can like turn that sparkle on. It, it, you can really see him see her for the first time. Yeah. And that is a pretty uh pretty great dress she's wearing. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty, he's got a pretty good shirt on too. Uh, yeah, everybody in that scene has great shirts on. <laughs> yeah, that's on, that's a recurring theme of the show. Jeff, into the I'm really hair. into the clothes. Yeah, yeah. how a could lot. you not be? I love how no one wants. Everyone hates buttons. Yes, they hate them. <laughs> they cannot button the shirts. <laughs> uh, one of the things I notice in this is that for professional liars, they're all terrible liars. Like in the beginning, Tommy's like, I don't know. He, he liked you. He was like, it's just all, he's not even trying. Then nope. later, you know, uh, Henry's, uh, he's like, uh, you didn't, you seem bored. You weren't. And he's, I thought you were going to stand me up. He changes his story. Yes. Yeah. He, he gives her two different stories and he's not really committed to either of them, but he believes the lie. Right. Yeah. He's, he's com- they're, they're not good liars, but it yep. works for them because they, the, they commit. But the thing is also, it's not only just the, the commit, the committing to the lie. But also when he challenges her, when he turns it around her and says, you look bored, you weren't having any fun. And then he does this thing where he kind of like sucks in his lower lip and goes, huh? You know, like and challenges her. And basically it's like – and it's almost – it's very – I mean from a nature documentary kind of standpoint, it's, 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 it's a peacocking move you know, where he's – She's showing the red too. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Where he's, he's, he's realized now, OK, she's got some fire to her. Let me throw – like she's poked me. Let me throw a little back at her. And that's the moment where she kind of goes – and she, you see her melt a little. You know, well, and in it's the that, culture she's raised in, yes, that's, exactly. that's an attractive uh, feature, yep. being a dick. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I wish I could do this move. I can't do it. I just it's it's like it's with confidence of believing the lie mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, and then and then pushing it forward, and it it, it works. Clearly, it works. He has in real, it. No, in real life, the way this goes down is not good. Like in <laughs> in real life, you 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 force the best friend to drive to where the friend is to to say nobody stands me up, and he goes. <laughs> You're a crazy bitch. <laughs> you know, he doesn't, there's no, and then, you know, she, it's, it just all ends in tears and unhappiness. There's no, uh, there's no, matter, no glimmer in the eye. No matter which way you uh, slice it, it's awkward, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I like the, uh, I like the, the cultural references of the time. So this has to be somewhere around 67, 68. Hmm. And um, in the voiceover, Henry says how, uh, how uh, attractive Karen was and her, she had great eyes, just like Liz Taylor. So, at least to him. At least to him, right? Yeah, but to you know, so Liz Taylor, the actress, you know, matinee idol, kind of. You know, so but I, lo- there. I love the uh, the at least to me bit. Yeah. Is this wonderful like acknowledgement that eh, most people probably don't think that you know? <laughs> it's just like funny little like like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It yeah. kind of undermines his own argument a little bit. It's yeah, very, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's very self aware, which these guys don't actually seem to be. Right, right. Yeah, and then and then when she's yelling at him and accusing him for standing her up, who does he think he is? Who does he think he is? Frankie Valley or something? You know, so you know the the, the we see the the prime example of the attractive male at this time is Frankie Valley of the Four Seasons. So, right. <laughs> which in reality is he's not an attractive man at all. Uh, <laughs> for our younger listeners, it would be like the Justin Timberlake of their day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, speaking uh, of he's music, an attractive man. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of music uh, so the song in the c- scene actually this is one of my favorite songs that they use in this movie it's actually uh, the song I Will Follow Him uh, and yeah. it's performed by Betty Curtis and we I think we all know the old uh, the song I Will Follow Him you know where it's it's very like I Will Follow Him you know like it's a very you know kind of dreamy early 60s song but this is it was actually it was originally a, a French song called Chariot and that was recorded by Petula Clark in 1962 and hit no- the number one in the charts in France. But then Betty Curtis here covered it in Italy. And if you listen closely, the lyrics are all in Italian. Huh, and, cool. and it hit number three on the charts in Italy in 1962. So this is an Italian cover of the song I Will Follow Him. And if you listen closely, you hear it. It's completely another language. And it's Do awesome. you think it was difficult for them? Could they, would they have been able to listen to this at the time? I think so. Yeah, like absolutely. someone would have had to go get like a bootleg album because that was difficult in the '60s. No, 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 no. Because I think in the '50s and '60s, as what, what is the Peter Jackson? What was that first Peter Jackson movie with uh, Kate Winslet in the '90s? Beautiful the creatures, heavenly, heavenly, creatures. Heavenly, creatures. heavenly creatures. Do you remember that they all, they were in New Zealand and they all idolized the Italian tenor? Hmm. There was a steady flow of pop music from Italy in the '50s and, and early '60s of Italian singers into the places outside of Italy, and this is just another example. Of I it. can't believe you had an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think he's right because it seems to me my dad growing up, uh, my dad was a first generation born here, and his parents would listen to Italian records, mostly opera. But yep. Yep. Uh, um, Italian language records in the house when he was growing up, so they had to get him somewhere. Yeah, no, the, oh. the, ten- the tenors were huge. I mean, the tenors were were like girls had crushes on the Italian tenors, and it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So, and and this is just an extension of that. And so, yeah. But I love I love that song. I will follow him. But to hear it in Italian, it just was wonderful. And you can search on YouTube. It sounds much nicer in Italian. Much nicer in Italian. Yeah, yeah. We so. did it again. <laughs> we did. We try not to get ahead of ourselves when talking about this movie, <laughs> uh, but it's really very hard not to. We're quoting it. Yeah. <laughs> I have one more note. About this scene, right. and it's something I've always thought about Karen, uh, the actor also, is that sometimes I think she sounds like a child trying to sound like an adult. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, like, 
let, well, let me let me position that, Josh. Have you met the majority of girls from the South Shore of Long Island? I have not met the majority of them. Okay, because a lot of it, she sounds very accurate. No, I know that it doesn't. But when I break it down, like what it is that sounds, it sounds. I don't want to say foreign's not the word, but other. It's very different than what I'm used to, and it's a very specific way of talking where you're trying to sound more intelligent than maybe you are. Yeah. And she well, does and it I think very, that, and very I think that ties to the whole to the whole scientific aspect of it is that she is posturing to a certain degree too. She is she is work she is operating outside of her comfort zone by being this aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it always I totally understand where you're coming from and uh, I've always sort of secretly thought that Lorraine Bracco was not that great. Ooh, but whoa. I know it's kind oh, of wow. I, I don't know that I see I don't know that I don't agree with you but I don't know that I do. Yeah. And I think well, that that's it, it, interesting it always about bothered, the performance. It, it bothered me more in The Sopranos, really, because sure. it's that still that same a- yeah. affected manner of speech. But like she's supposed to be the in the position of authority, and and uh, I feel like you know. she actually talks like that. No, I agree. I think that's how yeah. she actually talks. But it it was more jarring to me, mm-hmm. and it it just it does it feels very um, as you say very adolescent. It, fe- mm-hmm. it feels very I don't know. It's, it's some affectation to it that that I yeah. It bothers me. Well, because also, but also, she is nearly an adolescent here. I mean, like she. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Henry is supposed. To, Hen- yeah, Henry is supposed <laughs> to be twenty-one here. She's got. She's eight, maybe eighteen, nineteen, twenty at some point. You know, so she is. You know, so maybe it's it's accurate that she's sounding. But later, she still sounds like that. I, th- I think that's yeah. just. It's well, just that's the way that's that she the, speaks. That's the five towns yeah. talking. Five. Yeah. Towns. All right. Well, uh, Jeff, any other observations for this minute? Uh, I love this. I, I think you know if you just watch this minute without knowing what movie it comes from, then it's a romantic comedy that is very charming, you yes. know, and and that I kind of love that about it. It's a it's a it's a cute scene played well by you know charming people. I it's, thought it's great. It's funny. Yeah. I did not think of that as a genre that this crossed over into, but you have uh, opened my eyes. <laughs> right, don't you think? Like, yeah, no, if you, just, totally if you didn't it. know what movie this was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I adore this minute. I mean, this minute is this minute is one of the I think the the great little. I mean, we we've talked about it on the show previously how Scorsese is able to weave in humor into this into what is really a gritty crime film, and this is one of those little bright sunshine spots that you can relate to, that you can you aspire to. You know, this is romance. This is this, this couple who are together for the whole mo- movie. The moment they get together, yeah. um, it's it's kind of adorable. You know. And, and, they left all, out some of the real life details. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. that, that great that great thing where passion comes. You know, they say the opposite of love isn't hate. Yeah. Uh, the opposite opposite of love is ambivalence, right? Because it, it this great passion comes out of great passion of like, oh, I hated that guy. Oh, I hated that girl, and then yeah. it turns into love. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Oh, great stuff. So I guess that's going to do it for minute number 31. Well, b- before you what? wrap it up, though, before you, Josh, before oh, you wrap I know. it up, you know, you know that uh, we we need to update the fuck count. Sure. Uh, so each episode, we keep track of the number of times the the f word is used, and uh, yes. in this episode, uh, in this issue, issue, jeez, uh, <laughs> wrong show. In this in in this minute, uh, we get one f bomb in it, and that's it. Um, and I believe it's someone yelling when Tommy screw, uh, pulls up to the to the to the side of the road. Background f bomb. Yeah, exactly. Background f bomb. <laughs> Background f bomb. Um, so just one so far, and we need to update the grand total. On uh, this past Friday, anyone to listen might recall that we said the fuck count total for. The entire movie at this point was 70, but we got an email from Joe Budash, a.k.a. Joe Buddha, who wrote in and says, in minute 16, you had the fuck count at zero. When the truck driver comes in to use the phone, he does say, and he's quoting, two local minorities just st- stole my truck. You believe that shit? You fucking believe that? And so we oh. missed the fuck. So the updated, the new update to- updated total is 71 for the movie so far. So oh. yeah, crazy. 
Glad so, that you got the people on, on your fuck count. Yeah, fuck exactly. Keeping, yeah. keeping you honest. Yeah, you want people to have your back when you're doing a fuck count. That's well, the, the thing. The, 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 you know, we have a high-end fuck team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, so that... That is, will wrap it up. That is fucking it for 31. Yeah. Uh, listen to Mar for Minute 32, obviously. Until then, you can uh, check us out on Twitter at GoodfellasMin or on Instagram or Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. Uh, you can also check out Patreon at Patreon.com slash GFM. If you have any questions uh, or anything you want to email us, if we if we missed a fuck, uh, you can send. <laughs> I almost that's, made it. Missed a fuck to you. If, if you if you know us well, you know we never miss a fuck. <laughs> Contact <laughs> at goodfellowsminute.com is the email where you can update our fucks. <laughs> cool. Well, Jeff, thanks for joining us for for uh, minute thirty one. Are you are you gonna be available tomorrow for the next minute? Heck yeah! Awesome. Oh, you were bored. I mean, you didn't fuck say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. All right. So until tomorrow, I'm Josh. I'm Ron. And we'll see and you I'm, next time. Oh, and I'm Jeff. <laughs> That's Jeff. I didn't know if I was supposed to say that. Listen, you know guess, I didn't either. You be quiet over there. <laughs> or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is on.